All right, today we would like to welcome Mr. Rob Walker of the East Tampa Youth Basketball Association and the Tampa Thunder. Mr. Walker, would you like to go ahead and give your social media for everybody? Sure, sure. Uh, so you can, I'm on there as Coach Rob Walker uh, at uh, Tampa Thunder. So you could uh, search either one of those criteria and you'll be able to catch uh, our Tampa Thunder uh, social media accounts. Yes, sir. So first of all, again, I want to say thank you for coming on. Uh, Mr. Walker, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure, sure. Uh, so uh, once again, I'm Rob Walker. Uh, I serve uh, in a couple different capacities. So I am the president of the board of directors for the East Tampa Youth Basketball Association, uh, which is our governing body, uh, board of directors, 501c3, all voluntary in nature. Uh, that is here to you know, provide some overarching, you know, structure uh, for some, for travel basketball teams. And we have a girl side and a boy side that we keep separate. Um, and then uh, on the girl side, uh, Tampa Thunder, I'm actually one of the head coaches for one of our 17 new teams, our second tier team, uh, Tampa Thunder Select. Uh, and I've kind of uh, moved in and out of different positions, uh, you know, being an assistant coach um, for Team Dupree. Uh, being a head coach, you know, middle school teams, high school teams, uh, so on. So I've uh, been doing that for about the last uh, uh, nine, ten years. Yeah. Um, I think it's about, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I'm a, you know, I'm a father. I'm a, I'm a husband. Uh, I've got four children, uh, two of which are graduated, played basketball in the program. Uh, one's done with college, one's playing college basketball, and I got two, a fourth and fifth grader, and they've taken up hockey. So uh, my, I've also have an additional duty to hockey dad. So. <laughs> yes, sir. Busy life, busy life. Yeah, wouldn't have it any other way. Yes, sir. So, Mr. Walker, uh, one thing I want to know about is what got you into basketball at the youth level for Hillsborough County? Sure, sure. Uh, so, you know, me and my family were not Floridians by nature. Uh, I work for the Department of Defense, so uh, I was assigned, I was brought here on assignment uh, at McDill Air Force Base. Uh, so we, we had a professional move here back in 2009. Uh, so uh, we're a basketball family, uh, although I played football and lacrosse in college. My wife played uh, college basketball. We both were Division One athletes at Wagner College. Um, so I joined the Army. Uh, then became a DOD civilian, which took us to Europe, kind of skipping forward. So we're in uh, Belgium. Uh, both our oldest kids, uh, oldest daughter, uh, Peyton, and our oldest son, Reed, they grew up playing in the European system. Uh, so when I took the assignment uh, over here, uh, we realized very quickly, especially on the girls' side, there was options for our son as a fifth grader at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, our daughter at the time was a seventh grader. Uh, we knew, you know, hey, she's she's a good basketball player. She loves it. She had a passion for it. So we were looking for travel basketball scenarios in the area. Um, and it was tough. You know, there's there's a, a couple, you know, really good boutique programs. Uh, there were some larger ones that weren't necessarily in the area. But ultimately, as a parent, uh, I did not see a great fit for my child. So actually, I started 18 just really with the intent of we've been in Europe for eight years. We don't know anything about Florida, so I'm just going to start a team and coach them until we can find a better situation for our kid once we understand the lay of the land. 
And I'll tell you what happened was I literally, within two weeks, I was getting calls, multiple calls on a daily basis. Hey, I heard you starting the program. Hey, I heard you starting the program. Uh, so we very quickly went from like seven kids at a park to all of a sudden we jumped to two teams really quickly. Okay. <laughs> Um, so what I very quickly realized, you know, living in the Brandon area, you know, I, I didn't know about all the different areas of Tampa. What I realized was there really isn't a lot here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there were lots of families, uh, looking for a situation in our city, uh, that they could, you know, that they could bring their kids in. You know, there's a couple smaller ones over on the Western side of the city or Pinellas, but like in the Brandon side, it was nothing. Um, so that's how that's how I got started, you know. And and I'm a really really structured guy. So literally, the first thing I did was I set up a five hundred one c three, put together a board of directors because I was a parent, and I didn't want all of our decisions to be solely made on a. Hello. Um, so I wanted to create some objectivity. Uh, so we were able to establish that, and I think that's been our biggest strong suit is, is we have a very strong foundation and backbone and processes that allows us to survive uh, some, you know, maybe some down years or not get ourselves into financial issues and things like that. Yes, sir. I, I know coming from my AAU background experience, it's very rare to hear that a parent starts a league and then forms a board of directors because normally they normally want to do everything at because it's their baby, which I understand, but like you say, you, you ease a lot of pressure off yourself by creating that board of directors, man. So, yeah, in the long run, it ended up really being uh, a blessing, uh, and, it, and it forced me to step back and take a look, because sometimes I got feedback that wasn't naturally what I thought, uh, and I think it caused me some pause and to look at some directions that I think ultimately helped us in the long run. So, Yes, sir. So we started off as looking to help our daughter and now we've gone to where we are now with okay so uh (laughs) we we've definitely grown um you know we've kind of fluctuated uh on the girls side between you know probably nine and 14 teams across the board uh i think we're kind of in that sweet spot of kind of nine or ten teams um so we carry a two-tier program, meaning I know nobody likes it, you know the term A and B, uh, but we've always felt as a grassroots organization, we never wanted to become an elitist. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to be able to have a program where, yeah, if you're a high-level athlete, you know, we certainly have had some high-level athletes come to the program. Hey, it's a place you can be cultivated, it's a place you can grow, a place you can call home. We certainly want that type of venue for that kid. Okay, uh, but we also want it for a venue for a kid that's got to develop, you know, that has some goals, but they're a little bit further off. Uh, or, you know what, maybe they're a multi-sport athlete and they just want to be a really good high school basketball player. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't want to go play college basketball. You know, uh, we wanted to be able to have a place for kids that are passionate with basketball, regardless of where they're at in that process and regardless of maybe what their goals are. Okay, so... Um, so we've enjoyed a lot of success. Now, I'll be honest, it's been hard because, especially in the age of social media, the what it looks like is very prevalent. And of course, every program wants to pitch their best, show their best. We do it too. You know, we've, you know, we've got the, 
you know, the all-time leader in three-point shooting nationally that's come through our program. Of course, we're going to present Riley Bartram as, you know, a kid, a legacy kid in the program that played with us for five years, you know, that those are all things that, we, yeah, we want to present. But um, realistically, that's not the majority of the kids. Not in any program, okay? Not, mm-hmm. not the majority of the kids in the area. There are a lot of quality basketball players that may fall short of being a Bradley Bartram, but they're still very talented. They still deserve attention. They still have ability to go play college basketball, maybe at a D3 level, maybe at a D2 level, okay? Uh, which, to me, is still fantastically great. Uh, but unfortunately, in our area, if you're not the obvious, mm-hmm. okay, it's very difficult to uh, get recognition. Like, I love high academic D3 kids. Mm-hmm. Love them, you know, because those are the kids that are going to be CEOs. Those are the kids that are going to be engineers. Uh, and basketball could be a vehicle to help them get into a highly competitive situation like an MIT or an Emory mm-hmm. or a Washington U. Mm-hmm. Um, but down here, we don't value that, in my opinion, the way that we should. So, as a program, we're really focused on finding those kids in the area. You know, hey, are you really a high academic kid? You know, because Florida's a state that's not known for its academics. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being a place where we now have a long track record of having true high academic kids, you know, we've been able to create some confidence with those types of schools mm-hmm. that they can recruit in our program. And they're not going to get you know, the, the door shut on them just because they say, hey, I'm a D3 program. You know, we have, I was literally just looking at a post from uh, from uh, NYU. Mm-hmm. You know, Anna Culpepper from Plant is going up to NYU. You know, she could probably play at a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. Okay, but at the end of the day, she's going to a fantastic institution that does have a really good basketball program, probably a lot better than people think. Uh, but at the end of the day, she's going to a place where they're producing CEOs, they're producing doctors, they're producing engineers, scientists, they're producing some of the best professionals in the country. And she's going to be a part of that. Yes, sir. Uh, so so we want to use our platform to not only show like a kid like Kendall Cheeseman or a Briley Bartram, you know, those kids are awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and they work really hard to be where they're at. Okay, but we also want to be a place for somebody like, hey, our Honor Culpepper that's going to go off to a great institution like, the, you know, like like NYU, uh, you know, or, you know, we have kids being recruited by WPI, uh, you know, Emory. We want those kids to be recognized as great student athletes as well. And I think that the Tampa Bay area has so many of those types of kids, but nobody is pouring into them to tell them, hey, you've got those kind of opportunities. So those kids just end up quitting and they, you know, they go to Florida or Florida State, they go to, you know, a great school, get a great education, but basketball isn't a part of that journey because nobody showed them how to make that be a part of their journey. So, Yes, sir. I definitely, definitely love to hear that because I know before I started teaching, I coached basketball. We definitely in our organization was we want kids, like you say, we want to highlight those kids, but what about those other kids that they're not going to go to Division One for athletics, but they are smart. They do love basketball or football. What are you going to do with them? And especially with social media, for some reason, kids believe that if I go to a NAIA, D3, D2 school, that you're not as successful. And I try to tell them college is college. 
you want to go somewhere where someone wants you and like you said somewhere where you could put yourself in a position to better your life moving forward so i definitely definitely love that about how you're reaching out to the d2 d3 kids so let's go ahead and switch over to i'm sorry no, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, you're fine, you're fine. So I want to talk about just girls basketball in Hillsborough County in general. Seeing that you came from Europe, came from Europe experiencing how they played basketball over there. When you got here to Hillsborough County, I'm pretty sure that was a eye-opening experience. <laughs> oh, it was, it was huge. Uh, so, you know, coming, you know, growing up in the Northeast, you know, uh, especially in Jersey, you know, you, mm-hmm. you have this mentality in these townships in New Jersey that you kind of do what your town does. So there's a lot of grassroots cultivation, you know, from, you know, from first grade on up. So I came from like a football and lacrosse town. Yes, sir. Okay. So like the AD for the high school football program was making sure like the Pop Warner coach with seven year olds was running a Delaware wing team. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what the high school is going to inherit. My wife came from a huge basketball town up in Northwest Jersey that did nothing. It was a factory for girls basketball. Like you didn't play soccer. You didn't play softball. You played basketball. Yes, sir. So we're used to kind of those the, those developmental tracks that start at very young ages. And it's the same thing in Europe. You know, you go into these clubs. So both of my kids for four years played for the same Belgian club. Couldn't speak a lick of French. <laughs> but they learn so much in there because you don't move teams, you know, like there's really only one month a year mm-hmm. that you can choose a program. But once you're in, you can't change for a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the clubs can't recruit each other or else they'll get fined. Okay. So there's a lot of seriousness, even at young ages, at do I want to be at a program that teaches like this versus one that teaches like that. Mm-hmm. So there's very much you're choosing a program because of how they teach not because of what tournament they're going to or, you know, what sneakers they're wearing. Yes, sir. So when I came to Florida, obviously <laughs> it was very different. You know, uh, there's, to me, there's, there's very much the haves and the have-nots. And, and there's very much a focus on, you know, in my opinion, you know, some really high-level athletes, which to me, Florida does enjoy a lot of really, really good athletes. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, top, you know, two or three in, in the United States in terms of the amount of athleticism that's running through the state, you know, and Tampa Bay is not an exception to that. There's a lot of great athletes here. Okay. But, uh, what was, uh, fundamentally frustrating for me is there is very little investment, uh, especially for young girls in basketball and teaching fundamentals, teaching, you know, how the game works. And, you know, I, it's heartbreaking to me because I get calls all the time from parents of like a second grader. Where do I take my daughter? You know, and of course, all you can do is offer like a YMCA or Boys and Girls Club. And they're like, we tried it. And they're like, you know, we go over there. They don't really practice. They're playing with boys. The boys don't want to really play with them. So it becomes frustrating. And I think we hemorrhage young girls to, to sports like volleyball and softball where at younger ages, they are getting the fundamentals. They are getting people that are pouring into them, okay? And, uh, you know, short of some travel programs that are trying to do that, um, but I just don't think travel basketball is built for that type of systemic, you know, growth. I think that really needs to be, you know, at a recreational 
national, local level where kids have the ability to go in three nights a week and learn fundamentals, learn the basics, and you play some games locally, but it's really about developing all those fundamentals. Travel basketball is not really built to be that kind of model, okay? But I think we've assumed a lot of that type of role. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I think that's a, a little bit unhealthy um, because I don't think a parent needs to drive two hours to make sure the second grade daughter gets to practice. I think that should be local things. I think the county should do more to make sure that all these empty gyms that we see running around are filled, you know, in some cases, with little girls that are just trying to learn how to play basketball. Yes, sir. Okay? Uh, so that, that to me, was the biggest difference that I saw coming in is coming from Europe, they're teaching little kids legitimately how to play basketball, and the standard is there. I remember when my daughter, my daughter started, like, they call all the travels, you know? Yes, sir. In third grade. And the first game is frustrating. Like, mm-hmm. it's like 50 travel calls, you know? And you have to play man-to-man. And it's always a full-court press until, like, seventh grade. They play on eight-foot rims. There's all these things that, like, when it starts, it's like, Ooh, are they going to be able to do this? But by the end of the season, you see the kids adjust. They all learn how to dribble. They all learn how to make layups. They all have better shooting habits because they're not shooting at a, at a 10-foot rim. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're all learning how to play all the positions because you're not allowed to play positions until you're 12. Yes, sir. Okay, so, so there's all these fundamental basics that when we got here that we were spoiled to for four years, we get here and it's like, there's none of that. Yes, so that definitely became a driving factor and some tenets that we still carry in the program. Yes, sir. I can only imagine dealing with AAU because I know as a high school coach, you get a lot of girls that, like you say, they don't get the fundamentals because there's no rec league for them in middle school majority of the time. Or they play one game a week and practice one game one day a week. Then you don't see a basketball again until basketball season, which is another couple months away so they get to high school and like you say they have the expectation of well i think i could play basketball and if you're at a program where girls take basketball serious they get intimidated like whoa i'm so far behind or they'll go hey i think i I could play for this aau team and like they get out to an aau team and wait a minute they kind of notice like wait i'm not where i should be at and it puts them in a bad spot so i definitely agree because the fundamentals, not just in the Hillsborough County, but it's just lacking overall. I know I when I grew up in Plant City, we had a similar city league that you described where we had to play man-to-man. There were no zones. You couldn't press until the last two minutes, but it taught you fundamentals of how to do certain things. And now it just seems like everybody wants to win instead of fundamentals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's and, – and, and to be honest, some of that I think is – you know, catering to what parents want to hear. Oh, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, you know, there's, I think everybody says, you know, hey, it's all about fundamentals and development. But, you know, I, and we get hyper-focused on the game. When are we going to play the game? When are we going to travel? When are we going to do all these things? Yes, sir. It's about, you know, your child getting... I feel for high school coaches, I think they're put in impossible uh, positions, you know, with limited, uh, you know, I grew up with freshman team, JV, and then varsity, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, you know, a middle school program that five games and you practice just like you did in high school. And uh, unfortunately, these children are just, 
uh, I, I guess equated to like education. It's like sending a kid into high school and telling them to take AP classes and they haven't done any type of advanced education in middle school. Yes, sir. The kid is probably not going to do that well out the gate. And I think that's kind of the expectations we leverage on kids for basketball. Hey, go play your six games on a non-cut middle school team. Maybe you're a better athlete, a little bit more coordinated than the average kid. So you have this perception of success. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they get to a person like you at the high school level where, hey, the expectations are very different to be able to be successful at this level. And they're just not prepared for it. Yes, sir. So. Yes, sir. Coach, um, Tampa Thunder, I know you, you talked about some of your players already, but would you like to highlight any anything else coach I, I love this conversation i could sit here and listen to you talk for days because i'm very <laughs> uh, i'm sponging up all this knowledge man <laughs> well so um actually i'm glad you asked that uh we do a lot of tracking uh of our players to try to define what success is so i much really believe we're like my parent comes and they you know they have a sixth or seventh grade kid or even an eighth grader and they're asking like why why what's good about your program why would i want to be here and I'm a big believer in instincts, okay? So anybody can say anything, but you have to be able to prove that mm-hmm. through, through product, okay? So, you know, if, you know, if you go, you know, think about anything in the market, you go buy a car and, you know, you can't read a consumer report on it and you just got to take the, the, the salesman's word on it, nobody would ever buy cars, okay? Mm-hmm. But travel ball, we kind of seem to accept those kind of pitches. So we try to make sure we go above and beyond to show like, hey, we've been up and running for, you know, for nine, 10 years. Our first graduating class was in 2014. Mm -hmm. So since 2014, we have 139 girls that have gone off to play college basketball. Okay. Out of that 100, that have either gone off to play or they're currently committed in the graduating class. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now out of the, out of those numbers, about a third of them are Division One. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're really, really proud of those kids. But here's what I think we're really good at. Okay, is the other two thirds. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so that other two thirds, uh, you know, consists of D two, D three, JUCO, and NEIA. Probably the largest chunk in that being NEIA and D two. Mm-hmm. Now, in recent years, we're getting a lot more traction on the D three side because we've been able to convince you know a school in new england that it's worth your recruiting dollars to come down and recruit this kid like she literally has the grade she can literally play and up there they're not used to the type of athletes that we have down here yes, so sir. we can take an athlete that's know the road for florida and you know a school in massachusetts may say that kid is a fantastic athlete for the type of kid we can pull okay so so we're about a third division one two-thirds everything else growing division three i think you know in years to come you know probably just a third of our kids will probably be d3 recruitable kids okay mm-hmm. um and then we have kids in 27 different states uh so i think we've shown uh an ability to uh to you know to stand and reach out to different regions 
um, which is very tough because once again, there's we're in a beautiful state with beautiful weather, and there's yes, a lot sir. of college coaches that just assume kids don't want to come out of Florida, which mm-hmm. isn't true. There's lots of kids chasing opportunities. Um, we have uh, kids at uh, 18 school, actually, as of right now, commitment, uh, 19 schools that are nationally ranked academically. Okay, Phenomenal. so we. We keep those kind of statistics because at the end of the day, this is all about getting an advanced degree mm-hmm. and preparing a young lady to become a professional in the real world. So, you know, how do I how do I use basketball to help me get the education and the experience that I want? So once I'm done with that, I have a better opportunity to be a more competitive professional. Okay. So we don't look at it as just, hey, you're just going to play basketball. We're looking at it like, hey, in four years, you're going to be an adult mm-hmm. and you're going to be in the workforce, whether you're playing basketball or not. So you should, we need to help you use that basketball to help you get into scenarios that you may not be able to without it. Okay. So I say, you know, hey, we have a kid uh, that's at uh, John Hopkins as a sophomore. Okay. She's, She's a really good athlete. She's a good basketball player, although she hadn't been playing very long. Mm-hmm. Um, but Johns Hopkins is, has such a good pre-med program, even with her grades and test scores, which were extraordinarily high. She wasn't a surefire to get into the school. Mm-hmm. But because she's a basketball recruit, it elevates her status yes, sir, to being able to get into that school. So... Those are types of optics that we want parents and kids to understand is, you know, hey, it isn't just about playing basketball, because that's certainly hard, you know, to be part of that, you know, four, maybe 5% that can play college basketball. Mm -hmm. But it's about getting opportunities that you may not otherwise be able to get if you weren't playing basketball. Um, so, So, yeah, so that's, you know, that's us. In a nutshell, we've definitely, you know, some more notable players, um, Bradley Bartram, uh, who actually just transferred to, to Vanderbilt. Yes, sir. Um, and said, uh, national leader, three points, you know, mm-hmm. she's got the most makes boys or girls. She's happy to tell you boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kendall Cheeseman, uh, also going to Vandy uh, out of plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've had, with last night, uh, we do webinars on a weekly basis. So last night, uh, we had Carly and, uh, Savannah Plenovich, mm-hmm. uh, out of Calvary Christian who are just graduating from Gardner Webb and both of them are picking up, um, are on their way to picking up contracts to play pro ball overseas. You know, once the COVID thing calms down, <laughs> yes, uh, sir. Camille, Camille Giardina, um, who, uh, actually got a Sarasota, ended up going over to Florida Southern and, you know, three time All American mm-hmm. conference player of the year picked up a pro contract to play in Italy. I think she's a great shining example of a kid that could play division one but decided to go play Division Two, and had a fantastic career. I yes, mean, just sir. a fantastic career. Um, you know, we've got uh, Matty Pack uh, up at Columbia, uh, had a great career. We've, you know, uh, we've got Annabelle Ellison, who got the, you know, Pinellas Player of the Year over Tarkin Springs, who's heading up to Marist College uh, this year. Uh, so, you know, I could go on and on, but <laughs> we've been blessed to have lots of really good basketball players um, that not only are great in the court, but they're good in the classroom, 
And, you know, they're just really good people. There's very few kids that are running through the program. I'm like, uh, I just don't know if I want to be around them. Yes, sir. Uh, so we're, we're fortunate to kind of, to have built that reputation over time to be able to have, uh, be a place that's seen if you want to kind of be in a family like environment, if you want to be developed because we're not all the travel programs practice anymore, but yes, we're clearly a practicing program. Um, that, that's, I'm very happy with the reputation and the bona fides that Thunder has developed. I think it's right on target with what we want it to be. Yes, sir. I can definitely attest to that because I know I have a couple of my players in your program as well as yes. I coached a couple of them that went through your program with Mackenzie Steele, Matthew Simpson, yeah. and Tariq. Mm-hmm. So I definitely oh, yeah. can attest oh, yeah. that your guy, you guys do a phenomenal job of highlighting your talent and trying to get it in the best fit possible. Matt lit it up at Florida, well, Florida Tech. Uh, Florida College, yeah. yeah. And then Tyree's yeah. doing good things up at West Florida now since he's transferred down. And McKenzie is just doing what McKenzie's been doing all the time, lighting it up. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love. I love them. Those are all uh, great stories, especially Matt. Uh, to see him um, really come out and prove some people wrong. Uh, yes, you know, yes, I he think did. His, his, yeah, his size became. Uh, a question mark, but he plays so much bigger than his six foot frame. So. Yes, yes, people. Uh, he's probably the most puzzling recruit I've ever seen in my life because I don't understand how you can turn his tape on and not believe that this kid can play, but it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. He's, he's doing it. He's doing it. Yes, sir. So, Mr. Walker, again, I'd like to say thank you. I personally have gained so much from this. I know listeners will as well. Again, I wish the best of luck to you and your program. I appreciate all you're doing. I appreciate you coming on, sir. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate, you know, you, you know, using your platform to elevate, you know, girls basketball in our area. These young ladies deserve, you know, every ounce of attention and opportunity that they can get because there's so many of them out there that are working their tail off uh, and, you know, have some great opportunities in front of them if we can work together as a collective community to build some bridges for them. Yes. So I'm happy to be a part of that and uh, anything that I can do in the future don't hesitate to ask me. Yes sir, thank you. I agree 100%. It takes community to help these ladies out and we're going to do it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yes sir, thank so, you. Have a great thanks. day. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you can be, be safe out there. Yes sir, definitely. All right. Okay, all right, thank you. Mm-hmm.